Hi everyone, welcome back to Model Student. I'm your host, Alexandra Rain, and today's guest is Lauren Nelson, aka at I Still Get Dressed. Lauren is so lovely. I feel like she's, I'm proclaiming her unofficially without her knowing as my big sister. She's just very, she's wonderful to talk to and very insightful, and I feel like could fill in some of my blanks, if that makes sense. Um, she answered each question so thoughtfully and genuinely and um, as I was listening back to this conversation it was obviously we talk about fashion and all things considering but it was cool what can branch out from that and how getting dressed and style can be a reflection of identity or certain points in life as you'll hear in the episode so Without further ado, I'll hand it over <laughs> to Lauren and, um, or my interview with Lauren rather, and I hope you enjoy, and if you do, don't forget to leave a rating and review. Thank you. Hello, welcome to Model Student. Today I'm joined with Lauren. I actually don't know your last name. I just know I still get dressed. <laughs> As... I know, I was like, I keep forgetting that that's my name online now, and but my last name is Nielsen. Nielsen, so. okay, beautiful. Um, well, welcome to the podcast. Before we get into the round of questions, will you just introduce yourself for us, hobbies, what you do for fun, anything that you please? Yeah, so I... Well, I feel like what I do for fun is also what I do for work, so... Yeah work I my day job is a creative director and designer for a local swimsuit company um and then I also do photography I uh, I'm a dog mom <laughs> and I am kind of just like a hobby sewist I like to make clothes and occasionally put together outfits and post them on the internet cool so. is the swimsuit company the one that Hannah is that the one that you and Hannah yeah, Ruth so it's called Lime Ricky, and okay, cool. I feel like it's been in Utah for a while, so if you're local to here, you've probably heard of it. But. That's awesome. What kind of dog do you have? I have a big, fluffy golden doodle. Nice. Like anybody else. <laughs> no, I, that's great. I think there was, I want to say, maybe it was like the New Yorker or New York Times, but there was an article saying like golden doodles are like the new avocado toast. Like everyone, oh, like, perfect. yeah, but I, they're so cute, so... That's awesome. Um, I want to talk to you about sewing because I took a sewing class when I was probably about like 10 or 11 and it was the most frustrating thing for me in the whole world. So when did you start sewing? So I kind of just grew up with a mom that was really big into crafting. We were always doing little projects. Like we went through so many phases. Like we went through a crocheting phase we went through a jewelry making phase we my my mom was always like just making things for the, our house and so she knew how to sew and so she would make like a lot of clothes for us growing up and she'd make our halloween costumes and things like that and so i kind of just picked up like the basics of yeah. sewing for her and i kind of like take scraps and just like construct like a dress that was made out of just like two pieces of like rectangular fabric and then just like tie it around my <laughs> whatever yeah and so I 
always just like loved creating crafting as a kid. So I always felt like I was going to be a fashion designer. Yeah. And I went to college. And when I went to college, I was like, I'm going to take a sewing class. Yeah. My school, I went to BYU actually, and oh, they nice. don't offer a... They don't offer a fashion program, but they do offer a lot of like fashion related, like, like adjacent construction classes. Yeah. yeah. So I took a clothing construction class thinking I have been making clothes since I was a kid. Like I'm going to be so good at this. Yeah. And I got there and I was so bad. Like, <laughs> I can't even explain to you. I think most of it was like very um like you had to be really precise and yeah. a lot of it was math yeah <laughs> are not like my strong suit and I just like at the end of the day I just wanted to make like really cool shit yeah That's all I really cared about and so I I'm glad that I took those classes because it definitely gave me the basics yeah like technicality was, yeah and just like knowing how clothes are made I think is the biggest thing and so I kind of just was like, I have these skills now and I realize I'm probably not going to be a fashion designer because yeah. I'm so bad at sewing and I'm actually not as good at this as I thought it, I would be or just like natural at it. Totally. So. Well, I had the same, like I watched Project Runway all growing up or like Jane by Design and I was like, I same thing. I'm like, I'm going to be a fashion designer, like would sketch stuff out, but was so... Like, I took a sewing class, and it was something, like, so simple, like, sewing a tote bag. And I was like, oh, I hate... I think it was, like, having to be so precise with, like, measurements and numbers that just, like, gave me a headache. Yeah, <laughs> this is, like, a college class, too, so... Yeah, getting just, graded. Like, I was being graded on it, and you were graded pretty heavily on, like, how good you were at sewing. I thought it was going to be more of a thing of, like, let it's just vibes. Yeah. <laughs> you're having fun you're totally. gonna get an it was not like that at all yeah so that kind of like shot my dream of being able to make clothes because I felt like if I wanted to be in the industry I had to be really technical for sure I wasn't and I really I'm just like I'm so bad at like following directions and even following patterns and stuff yeah. so yeah but at the end of the day like I'm really grateful that I had the opportunity to learn that at a college level and it gave yeah. me the skills to eventually go on and like do this for fun and yeah. let's my career too so it's so hard like so kind of similar but different <laughs> like mm -hmm. I grew up dancing and like I when I got to college was I went studied at the U and my first year I was a modern dance major and I was like this is going to be a dream come true like I'm so like I, again, like, I've, I just thought it was going to be vibes, and it was such a, like, weird transition doing something for fun and then getting graded on it, and, like, yeah. it was, and now I feel like I've kind of been able to return back to dance for fun, but I'm glad that for you, you've been able to keep it as a hobby and not let, I guess, the college experience, like, well, paint something... Funny too is that like I feel like when you are put in a situation where you start doing something you love and then people start kind of grading like your value or like your ability to do it that's when you start hating it and For I sure. actually didn't after college I kind of didn't touch a sewing machine for like years and yeah. years and years because I was like I 
I love clothes and I love wearing them, but maybe like making them isn't for me or yeah. it was just like, it was such like a blow to my ego. Did you have an identity crisis? Cause I like fully like broke down and had an identity crisis, like with dance of like, oh, I've loved this thing for so long. And now I'm like, yeah, scared to go into a studio, like can't touch a sewing machine. Yeah. yeah. And I think the thing too, where you do have to give yourself time. Yeah. I am... I just turned 31, actually, no and way. I feel like I'm just getting into a point now where I'm like, I don't know, like bringing back hobbies and like, yeah, it's it's kind of all a cycle of sometimes you do have to let something go for a really long time that you love, just so you can learn to eventually love it again. For sure, so. definitely. So do you make like out of your closet would you say like 50% is stuff that you've made 20% 10% 90% how much like what's the between buying and making what would you say the divide is in your closet I feel like right now it's probably probably 25% of what I wear now are things that I made from scratch which is still so much I just want to say like to go to the fabric store get it get the design and then so like it's a long like 25% is a lot of it's a big percent just I don't know I like it's for me like making things is such an outlet for Mm. me and so I try not to be like oh I want I know, like, I I try not to, like, set any parameters for myself. It's more just, like, at the end of the day, when I am done with my work and everything, I just go into my sewing room and I just make things. Yeah. (laughs) And I I don't know. I've always been really motivated by a challenge. Mm -hmm. Like, I loved seeing something, like, since I was a kid, just, like, seeing something and being, like, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. maybe it's just like this like complex I have <laughs> of being like, I can't bring myself to like buy that. I need to see if I can make it. For sure. And I think that's how it is now. And I also kind of just went through, I don't know, like I feel like everyone kind of started picking back back up on hobbies that they had maybe left behind. And I I kind of started like thrifting a lot of things. Yeah. And to like alter them yeah. and so that but then it was like I don't know like the more I got more I started using my sewing machine the more I just wanted to like challenge myself of like okay maybe I could do this or yeah I like to go to stores and look at clothes on the rack and I kind of like turn them inside out and I look at the seams and I'm oh like, nice how it's constructed like I think I can do that and that's then I'll so go cool kind of like draft things up yeah it's so cool I haven't talked to like my grandma knows how to sew but I would have never it's so interesting hearing about like different creative processes like I would have never thought to turn a shirt inside out but that's cool yeah so, I think that's like whenever people have questions of like oh how do I get into sewing or like how do I get into like pattern making and I'm I'm not a pattern maker like yeah I don't really know I never took those classes because it's like too much math. So usually when I make patterns, it's just purely based on like, this looks right. Yeah, totally. (laughs) People are always like, how do I start making my own clothes? And I'm like, just go to your closet, pull out your clothes and see how they're constructed. Yeah. And then kind of like build it in your mind. Like a backwards process. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, you said your mom was like really crafty and you guys would like make jewelry and all of this stuff. 
would you say your mom's like creativity kind of drew you to fashion like did that when did you become interested in fashion do you think your mom had influence in it or your childhood had influence in it I think I was just always a really like I was really shy and quiet and I wasn't good at like a lot of things like yeah I never did sports like I wasn't very like I don't know and so I feel like the way I liked to express myself like even as a kid was to make things and kind of like be a little different or unique in the way I dressed yeah like I would always take like my sweatshirts and then I would embroider like little oh, flowers yeah. on them. I, it was like looking it was looking back on it now is like pretty embarrassing no <laughs> like, I love embroidery like I, I just always had to like add things yeah to or whatever and I probably just looked like I was like a walking DIY project all no the time. but you were but... a kid that's so cute <laughs> yeah. like you're a child yeah and I think what it really was is I just feel like I'm like I'm driven by creativity mm. and challenging myself creatively and for me my favorite medium or outlet is like fashion and clothes yeah. And it wasn't even really like the fashion industry. It was like, I just like making things that I can wear. Totally. And that's like how I express myself and how, I know, just like what I like to do as yeah. far as I feel like um, fashion has this kind of unnecessary like intimidation factor because of like the industry and like professionals and like... I feel like there's such a difference between, and I mean, obviously they have been flowing to each other, but like the fashion industry as like almost like on a corporate level and like on a business level and how much revenue it produces and then like individual style. And I think I in the past have been like scared to let myself lean into my interest of fashion because I was like, well, I don't know if like this is actually stylish, like would... Vogue approve of this or would like glamour approve of this you know what I mean and I think once you like strip down like you said like just leaning into like what makes you feel good and challenging yourself and using it as an outlet and not does that make sense yeah totally I think that's always been my biggest thing about fashion and my approach to fashion is that fashion really is for everyone Mm. and there's idea that if you're into fashion you have to be into designers or like you have to follow New York Fashion Week and that's actually something I really do like I'm definitely inspired by certain designers but I do think that fashion should be accessible yeah totally yeah and that's why I really like the idea of thrifting or like Mm. making my own clothes because it's it's a thing where it's like I don't I don't have, first of all, I don't have the money to yeah. get into designer clothes. And totally. I don't think anything wrong with that if that's like how you want to spend your money. But for me, I'm more inspired by, I don't know, kind of just like a a more individualistic idea of fashion. Totally. And like fashion can mean something different to everyone. Yeah. And in, like, in the industry, fashion is definitely like a trickle up 
sort of thing. Like the yes, trends yeah. start with the subculture and then they move up into like the elite, like totally designers and stuff. So I think remembering that, like remembering that, and it's also true. It's like cyclical. So it's yeah. like, it's the subculture. It moves up to like the upper class and then it like trickles back down. Yeah. And then it's like recycled and that's just like precipitation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And too like this whole idea of like you have to be trendy or like yeah. things are like chuggy after a yeah. certain like it's gonna be back in style and like the cycle is shortening now oh it's or- so rapid yeah definitely I think that's too like even just like on like TikTok like uh, I feel like kind of just like quieting the like buzz and like okay what do I want to wear today? I want to talk to you about your name. I still get dressed. Not your name name. You're like at name. But what, why did you choose that username? What does it mean to you? What is, would you say getting dressed is like a ritual for you? Like, what does that mean for Miss Lauren Nelson? <laughs> I, for me, I, and I don't really talk about this that much on my Instagram account but for me I feel like fashion and like personal style has always been like deeply connected to my sense of self Mm. and I actually had a fashion blog back when I was in college yeah Uh, I started a fashion blog with my friend and for like this is like 2011 2012 blogging days so those like were like prime blogging days <laughs> yeah and so I I feel like I kind of established myself as like I'm a person that loves fashion and that's who mm. I am and that's what I like and the reality was is like at the time I feel like I was also going through a lot internally where mm. I felt like a huge disconnect with like what I was like wearing and presenting to the world. And at the same time, I was a student at BYU. And so it was like, I was an active member of the church, um, the Mormon church, just in case anybody doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, I also felt like I needed to like reach this expectation of what people wanted from me and like mm. making sure my style was like palatable to men and to like- For sure. You know, and so I felt like I was always- like fashion and my personal style was something that was really important to me, but it was also something that was like, I was so disconnected from at the same time. And I struggled with so much. And I feel like I got to a point where it was, and I was like dealing with some other like mental health issues and just eventually a faith crisis. And (laughs) kind of just like came crashing down to a point where I was like, I can't, do this anymore Mm -hmm. and I kind of just wanted to like disappear from like anyone's perception of me especially as it related to fashion like I kind of like lost myself a little bit and not really knowing what my personal style was because that was something that always like made me feel good and then all of a sudden it just wasn't like I just didn't want to get dressed every day and that stressed me out and so I don't know I kind of just like put that part of me away for a really long time and it wasn't until I started like addressing those like mental health things Mm. or just like those fears that I had or anxieties that I had that I really started to like find that part of me again and 
remembering how much I love getting dressed and I yeah. love putting things together and how that makes me feel. And so I, I still get dressed with me kind of like reemerging back into myself and being like getting dressed and my personal style is something mm. that's still so important to me and makes me me. And it's kind of a process of me learning who I am again or like figuring myself out and I think everyone like especially through the pandemic kind of went through like a reckoning of like who am I (laughs) yeah for sure it was super existential I'm curious then ah, there's so many things I want to talk to you within that with well let's start with like the beginning the like glory days of blogging before there was like really the influencer that we know today did you ever read Man Repeller? Like, was that a part of your... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that was, like, essential <laughs> to yeah. me and, like, introduce me to this new way of thinking how to get dressed. And what you said, and I mean, I grew up in Utah. I also think this is very, like, natural when you're a teenager or, like, young adult. You want the approval and validation of others, especially if you're, like a straight woman like the validation of men because that's what you've been told that you need Mm -hmm. within then within that the normal sphere then you have BYU which is very conservative very um and especially this is like 2012 yeah do you know sorry this is a tangent do you follow the black menaces on like Instagram okay I love them I'm like I feel like BYU is progressing so slowly and like on yeah. a very like student body level. But anyways, do you feel like um, being at BYU and also being a member of the church, do you feel like that stunted, maybe stunted isn't the right word, but like you mentioned, like not wanting to be perceived by anyone. Do you mm-hmm. feel like... I just want to hear more about that, I guess. I don't really have, like, an end-of-the-sentence question mark. But how did, I guess, what I'm really wondering is how did you break away from that? And you mentioned, like, a faith crisis. And then moving to I still get dressed and being comfortable to be perceived again. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm glad you asked because this is not really something I have talked about a lot. But I think it's it would probably like help fill in gaps for people that did know me back at BYU when I was doing my fashion blog. And then the way I just kind of like disappeared. Yeah. um, Yeah. I think when I had my blog, it's not like I was like famous by any means or anything like that, but we did have like a pretty decent following. And I think I just felt like, I had built my whole career up to this point to be like, everyone will look to me for inspiration for dressing modestly. That's right. Yes. And everything. And then realizing that maybe that's not who I was and I couldn't like live up to that expectation that people had for me. Yeah. And that just stressed me the hell out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I hated the thought of people like whispering about me or like yeah. oh, wearing this. What does that mean? And because it's like being in growing up in Mormonism and I don't want to offend any like yeah. this all comes with like a big disclaimer of like, I don't want to offend anyone. Yeah. I do have, like a lot of 
respect and that's like a whole different conversation yeah that's a whole nother podcast (laughs) another part too yeah totally yeah and so I think it was more just like I internally like for my own self felt like I couldn't like keep that up anymore Mm -hmm. and even like looking back at like the photos of myself from my blog and everything I feel a sense of like sadness for her and just like knowing that I was trying so hard to fit in and on top of that like I am not white and I am in school with all white people and we're all trying to get married and so like trying so hard to like come off a certain way or like not definitely dealing with like a lot of like internalized like misogyny internalized Mm. racism and like really feeling like I had to like curate myself to look this certain way and be this certain way and be palatable to like the people around me so they would accept me and like men would want to marry me and like all that stuff and so just I feel like it just kind of came to a head after that for sure I graduated and especially as I was starting to like question my beliefs and feeling like everyone was going to be so mad at me and everyone was going to hate me and even in like my own friend circles and stuff I feel like I just wanted to disappear yeah from the like from any like sort of public perception or just anyone's perception of me it really stressed me out yeah I mean definitely I mean I feel like I can relate to so much of that of like Mm -hmm. I'm biracial and like growing up (laughs) it's like you know, I didn't have friends that, I had one other biracial friend, but I didn't have, all of my friends growing up were white, and again, there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with being white, but it is when there's even a smallest part of you that is different, especially in a place like Utah, and especially at BYU, you just, you don't want to stand out, and you don't want to be other or different, and it's tough it's and I'm curious because modesty like that was a word I knew at like four years old and Mm -hmm. knowing like oh that's not modest and like oh that's bad do you and I feel like now that modesty is kind of eradicated from my vocabulary but is that is modesty what does modesty mean to you if anything at all I feel like I just kind of recontextualized everything but because I know that people like to be like the kind of like that definition of modesty as it relates to clothing yeah people are modest for all kinds of reasons and so it it would be really disparaging to be like oh being modest is bad because there are so many factors and like it's so many things that go into it yeah um like people have and just you don't have to have a reason you don't have to explain yourself if you like covering up if you like wearing certain clothes like that is your business and not yeah. mine yeah um, I think it's really just again like anything where you feel like you're setting an expectation for somebody that they don't get any control over I think is harmful yeah and so it's like if you personally decide to dress modestly or whatever that means to you um and it means a lot of things to a lot of people like I work for a swimsuit company and we do advertise ourselves as being modest but that means a lot of different things for some people that just means like a 
a two-piece swimsuit that just has like a little bit more coverage and they feel comfortable like running around chasing after kids or whatever and then other people like it's religious reasons for some people it's like body issues or like they have a skin condition or something like that and so just I've learned a lot through my work about people's different reasoning and it's not um not always what you would think maybe yeah Yeah, totally (laughs) it's completely personal to you and that's your business and you that's the beautiful thing about like choice is that you you decide what you want absolutely um pivoting away from I mean I could talk about like the culture here in Utah for ages but I want to talk to you more now about the process of getting dressed do you are you the person who like plans outfits the night before or do you like do outfits of the week or is it kind of morning of okay what am I feeling what does that look like first of all I am I don't plan anything (laughs) (laughs) yeah am extremely fly by the seat of my pants like rushing to get dressed every single morning yeah but I also am somebody who my entire ability to function is very reliant on what I'm wearing and and I think that's so I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was like 25 okay and so I um I like realize through that process that I have like a lot of like sensory issues when it comes to getting dressed and I feel like I have to like feel good in something and that will like dictate how I feel for like the rest of the day and so it really just depends like I never like plan because I never know what I'm going to feel like when I wake up in the morning my biggest thing is just being comfortable and I have feel comfortable in my skin or I can't I mean nothing is worse than like leaving a house honestly in like an outfit that you don't like and like for me I also have some sensory things like the creases in the back of jeans like will drive me crazy all day and I think comfortability I feel like especially a lot of people with the pandemic have prioritized like comfortability in their now that we've like return to the world because we were wearing sweatpants all day and you know what I mean 100% um I want to talk to you we've you've kind of have teased it here and there but about thrifting um what does thrifting mean to you when did you start thrifting how has it become I just want to yeah I guess there's so many questions within that I want to ask but I guess that I just would love to hear you talk about Uh, So I grew up with, like I said, like with my mom, she is a woman that loves a deal. And both of my parents, like we've always been like, we are bargain shoppers. And so I grew up always going to thrift stores more out of just like for financial reasons. For sure. And that's what we could afford at the time. And so I have just always I've never like had any like bad feelings about it or anything like that yeah Uh, and then now as I get older learning about sustainability and just how horrible of an impact that the fashion industry has on the environment and how little like these big corporations care oh yeah about people and everything I think I um I feel like that aspect kind of came later. Like thrifting was always something I did because that's what I could afford or like 
I liked vintage shopping and stuff. And so I like find, and just like, I always like unique things that nobody else had. But yeah, it is a really easy way to be more sustainable. And especially in like the past year, I've tried to challenge myself to shop mostly secondhand. Yeah. Whether that be like a thrift store or like there's websites like Poshmark or ThreadUp or anything like that. Like just trying not to buy new and also trying to buy less. For sure. Biggest thing is just overconsumption. Yeah. I mean, that's like the best thing anybody can do is just reduce their use yeah how do you feel because I also grew up like going to thrift stores are you and I think there's so much discourse online about like how thrifting has become trendy and like meh 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 and I feel like people just get mad to get mad but how do you feel about I guess yeah I guess my first question is thrifting becoming quote trendier and then second to that is like for people who want to thrift but don't know quote unquote like how to what Mm -hmm. like advice would you give them (laughs) like anything like that I I definitely think so thrift stores have always been around to serve kind of like um those marginalized people in our communities yeah. there's a lot it's so important to remember that people thrift a lot of people thrift out of basic necessity and there yeah. is like a growing problem where thrifting is becoming like gentrified and it's becoming trendy and it's driving up prices at thrift stores and, and so I think, also oh, sorry ahead. no I just want to interrupt too like I think I think the problem is like people who are going to thrift stores getting a five dollar t-shirt and then maybe like <laughs> on the like the depop girls respectfully yeah. you know what I mean and I think it's like really I think I mean there is like definitely movements that are like we need to stop thrifting but I think that's not helpful because thrifting yeah. really is like one of the more sustainable ways to wear clothes and yeah. buy new clothes and stuff but I think the biggest thing is just being conscientious when you yeah. go thrifting and not buying more than you need and being aware like like I buy most of my fabric from thrift stores and mm. there it's almost always like bed sheets and stuff. And so I, there are certain thr- thrift stores where I know they don't have a ton of stock for like bed sheets or linens and stuff like that. And that's a need that people have. And so I don't, I try not to buy those things from those stores because I know that like there's somebody that's going to go there that needs linens for their beds. For you know? sure. Yeah. And so like trying to think of ways or like if you want to buy so like try to donate I I usually donate a lot of the stuff I buy and where I donate yeah. it back to the thrift store and also just not buying more than I need like yeah sometimes I see really cool things and I'm like I don't actually need this and I just want to buy it because I think it's cool yeah just try to like limit yourself in that way and I always like to keep a thrift list. So Mm. if there's something that I have been looking for, like I said earlier, like fashion is so cyclical. So if there's something that you see online that's really cute or trendy, it is very likely that it was trendy 10 or 20 years ago and therefore is probably at a thrift store. Yeah. Um, I love that, a thrift list. I think it is, I think for me like kind of going in with a game plan or I'll literally make like Pinterest boards of like here are the things that I want to find like this is like the style that I'm looking for 
And I think, yeah. I think people just get, can get so overwhelmed with thrifting. It's just patience, but oh. I love it. I love thrifting more than like department stores, honestly, department stores I like know. give me a headache. For, <laughs> I feel like for me is definitely like a dopamine rush of like finding something really awesome or yeah. Yeah. So it can, it can definitely be like kind of an addiction, but for also sure. like diversifying how you thrift yeah. is a really great way to combat like that. Um, I don't know, like taking thrifting away from people who need it the most. Like yeah. you can go online, you can do like go to resale websites, you can go to, and I take that with a grain of salt because I know there's a lot of like resale websites, like especially on Etsy, it's all just like Shein stuff. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. But just definitely like being the more, I feel like the more you do it, the more aware you are of those things. For sure. Um, but yeah, just being aware of how much you're buying. I think sustainability is really more about your consumption habits rather yes. than what you where you buy things. It's 100%. like percent. I uh, I do buy a lot of my stuff secondhand, but then occasionally I buy things on Amazon. Yeah. It's not like you can't be like a perfect. I think it's just yeah. with everything, it's just trying your best and not. Yeah being too hard on yourself it's been oh sorry go ahead oh no I was just gonna say I feel like so many people feel like it has to be all or nothing and it's definitely not like that definitely unfortunately we're out of time but you're like I've enjoyed talking to you so much this has been like the fastest 40 minutes of my life and our last two minutes together is there anything that you want to say that maybe didn't get brought up or any closing closing statements <laughs> oh I don't know it just I would definitely encourage people to challenge yourself try to not buy new and start making your own clothes it's really fun yeah oh my gosh I'm like maybe I'll try to go back to sewing class we'll see if I'm brave enough if I'm smarter than when I was 10 hopefully give yourself grace like, yes a lot of time 100% it's been so lovely talking to you I'm so glad that I mean I found you like through Hannah but you're I just again it's been such a joy so thank you so much for being here thank you for having me it's been really fun of course thank you for listening to this episode of Model Student don't forget to leave a rating and review and I'll talk to you soon